Hey, this episode is brought to you in part by Signature Doors and Windows. Now, on to the show. I happen to have studied architecture as a uh, vehicle to achieve the means of, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish in life, which is kind of deliver good housing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's my main jam in this world is, you know, trying mm-hmm. to figure out ways to deliver good, affordable good architecture to more people yeah you know because that's i feel like that's a lacking thing in this world hi hello 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 and welcome to architecting okay let's just start that from the beginning hi welcome to architecting i'm rebecca wagner here with adam hey adam who's on the podcast today Hey, so this one, uh, we have a good one today. Um, we have Josh O'Quayley, uh from Bonsai Design Build. Um, so Josh is, do you remember the, do you remember seeing that house go up next to us, close to us from them with the, uh, the rooftop garden and the sort of oh, sl- yeah. slanted, yeah. Where is it like kind of the wraparound stair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so I feel like I'd seen, I'd heard I heard about their work, and then I was seeing some of their projects go up around, and then hearing about them from more people, of of just this combination of design build and uh, I didn't realize, but also development. Um, he, he's an interesting guy. He immigrated to the U.S. or his parents did, um, and to to California, and then. And then moved to Colorado and kind of didn't quite know what he wanted to do and ended up going into the Marines, uh, which I don't know if we've had any guests that have been in the military before before architecture, but uh, then sort of discovered architecture through a trip to Spain with the military mm. in Gaudí mm. and, and came back and, and yeah, really really pushed into the profession and, and went to school for it and worked for a, a ton of local firms and then graduated in 09 and kind of had to figure out what to do with that, with that recession and developed his own project and started the, the firm. Wow. Right yeah. out of school. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's interesting where he has a real passion for providing good housing Mm. And 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 thinking of architecture as a, as that service to provide that housing, and then uh, and also pursuing um, passive house and and thinking about kind of earthship type uh, design, and um, and then being able to build it himself. You know, um, yeah, it's impressive. Super cool. Yeah, so he came over to our house, talked talked at at the dining room table. Had a good discussion. So, yeah. Nice. Looking forward to it. Cool. Sounds good. Enjoy. Oh, I also want to hear. Uh, I can hear everything you're clicking. Yeah. What do you want? Uh, and the other thing, you're on the podcast for a little bit, but you're going to be on it much in a much uh, bigger capacity in our upcoming live event at CU Boulder on October 24th. Oh yeah. You looking forward to it? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're going to be doing another uh Coffee with an Architect event, a panel event, uh the 
evening of October 24th, a Monday at five o'clock at the uh, Environmental Design School in Boulder. Um, I think we're going to have a, a great a great panel, and we're going to get you to talk about um, a school project, a professional project, and the the path, the, the journey, journey between, between the long journey. Do you know what you're going <laughs> to talk about yet? I've got some ideas. Cool. So yeah, so come check out that event coming up soon, uh, and we'll have uh, the rest of the guest lineup uh, finalized soon as well. Should be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, we're happy to be sponsored by Modern in Denver Magazine. For over a decade, they've been crafting fantastically curated content on Colorado designers and projects, spreading the gospel of good design within our region. And I love how the goal of Modern in Denver aligns with the goal of this podcast, to better build up and connect the community of Colorado designers. So go buy a copy of the magazine at your local bookstand, subscribe to their weekly email list, and follow them on Instagram. Check it out. So are we recording now? Yep, we're live. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right, good to go. I like to try to, yeah, try to make it to like less, I feel like we have good conversations, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're, oh shit, interview starts. Let's, yeah. uh, <laughs> so you're just like, you're just recording, you're catching yeah. it all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. Cool. Well, thanks for yeah inviting me on your show. Yeah, this definitely. Is, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, you know it's. I, I love I love this I love this. It's not really a job. I love this this hobby of mine where. It's like you get to yeah meet people like you. Like I've seen your work. I've seen it going up, but there's not much reason for me to reach out to you necessarily in real life. But this gives a great reason. And, yeah, and uh, you know it's like trying to find more of those opportunities to connect, in general for the yeah. community, right? Yeah, like, I feel like we all kind of want it, but yeah. it's hard to do. And this, it's especially been challenging over the past couple of years, you know, with the, with the shutdowns and everyone's been so scattered and, you know, be restricted from kind of meeting in person. I mean, obviously, you know, that's changed over the past year, but um, yeah, that, that, I think that put a hinder on things a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like a double whammy, right? Where people aren't used to meeting, and then everybody got super busy, and yeah. then you're you're like really yeah. crunched, and then you can't probably find employees that easy. And that's a challenge, absolutely. I saw, yeah, I saw you guys are hiring now, and yeah, we're making a big move um, up up until this point. So we're like nine years old. Oh, um, coming on nine years old in October. So we're, we'll be celebrating our ninth birthday in wow. October. Um, up until this point, it's pretty much been me managing the business and you know what they say, architects aren't very good business managers. Yeah. And so it's been shooting from the hip, you know, for that and just figuring out as you go. And we're to the point where we need to, you know, put our big boy pants on and, and bring somebody on. So we're looking for like a business manager controller type of person. Nice. Yeah. That help us organize our books and organize our business operations and all that stuff. and. The idea with that is that then I'll, I'll free up my time and be able to focus more back on how I started the firm, which was uh, development. Yeah. Architect as developer, you know, that, um, what's the architect's name out of San Diego? Um, Siegel? Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Siegel? It's like, is it Jonathan Siegel or Jonathan Seagal? You know? Seagal, yeah. 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 I don't know. One, one of those, but, you know, that he was, um, I listened to him a lot in grad school and was like, oh, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to let you skip this. So uh, who, who, who are you? So if you wrote a book, what would be the two sentences that, that are on the back, on the back of the book that says, who are you? Yeah. That's the, the million dollar question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, it's a tough, you know, I, I thought about how to answer this. It's like, there's no good way of answering this. The best I could come up with is like, you know, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm another soul trying to figure my way around this world, trying to figure my shit out. Am I allowed to say yeah, that? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can slap an explicit on here. That okay. would be explicit. So. All right. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm just another guy. Um, I happen to have studied architecture as a uh, vehicle to achieve the means of, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish in life, which is kind of deliver good housing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's my main jam in this world is you know, trying mm-hmm. to figure out ways to deliver good affordable good architecture to more people yeah you know because that's i feel like that's a lacking thing in this world i like that mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a nice focus um so where, where did that kind of, have you always kind of felt that way is housing played a i mean it plays a central role in all of our lives right but mm-hmm. not always like a visible way had, did you come to that early on that idea of housing mm-hmm. is important um, I think it's it, it kind of developed along the way as like it, through my you know early career. Um, I you know I went to I went to school at CU Denver. I uh, got my grad my master's there, and then at CU Boulder for undergrad. So I did four plus two um, after the Marine Corps. Hmm. Um, so maybe I can back up and kind of give you that little backstory. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm from California originally. Um, born of immigrant parents, my mom's Mexican, my dad's Guatemalan, mm. um, and uh, I grew up in the barrio of California, LA. LA, yeah. Um, and uh, my parents moved us. Our parents moved us out of there because there was this gang violence. Mm. You know, it was tough. How old were you when you moved out? I was fifteen, okay, so yeah. I started uh, high school here um, in, in Fort Collins. Oh, cool. Um, and so I finished high school in Fort Collins at uh, Malamkin. Work almost high school, uh, and you know needed to kind of figure out how to go to school. So I I went I joined the Marine Corps hmm. uh, for life experience and for college money. Yeah. Um. So I did four years in the Marine Corps. Wow. And then that stint, you know, still trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life, or what, what am I going to study? I, I knew I had to study something, you know, to you know make a decent living. Um. So I um, I I first enrolled at CSU. Hmm. Um, to study engineering hmm. uh, and I started I did one year at CSU and I quickly re- realized that and, you know just 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 kind of lame but yeah while I was doing that it's just a lot of numbers a lot of math yeah yeah um, and that, you know it's not doesn't you know stimulate the creativity side and got some of that um, so while I was in the Marine Corps I had a chance to um, travel a bit um, you know deployments to various places and one of the places i got to go was to spain hmm. and i got to go see uh antonio galli's church hmm. you know which is i don't know if you've ever been there yeah sagrada familia yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that sagrada familia. um so that place just blew my mind yeah you know like i, I want to go back and like just spend else. more time there um but it's one of those places that you walk in and it just takes your breath away right you know like the, the movie uh, gladiator you know like yeah. i didn't know men can build such things <laughs> yeah yeah um so that inspired you know like so that was like how do you how do how do how do people build things so that's you know the engineering side the number side 
um, how do you design things? That's the creative side. So um, it was that was kind of the seed, you know, mm -hmm. for for wanting to pursue architecture. Even though I started as an engineer, I switched careers and I ended up transferring to Boulder and pursued the architecture career. Yeah. Um, well, what was that like? So you were in, you were in Spain a little bit. Where else were you in the Marine Corps? Well, I was stationed in North Carolina, um, in uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and from there, we got to deploy to different places. Um, I got to deploy to Puerto Rico. I, I shouldn't say I got to. It was like a humanitarian mission. Hmm. Um, went to Spain. Um, and just like various deployments. I went to like California for some training exercises. Fortunately, I was never in any real world combat issues. Hmm. I got out right when September 11 happened. Oh, wow. Um, and a lot of the guys that I was in got recalled and they got sent to war. And, you know, you hear the horror stories of that. So I was fortunate that I didn't get recalled. Hmm. And I think I got, I did not get recalled because I was in college. And so I was one of the guys hmm. that actually was doing something with their life, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's at least the, the way I've justified it. Um, but yeah. So what did, you know, you talked about like, the, the engineering didn't kind of satisfy that creative part of you. Mm. What what was that like being in the Marines where, you know, I don't know much about being in the military, but like where it's everything's pretty set and rigid and rule-based yeah. and w were, were you kind of pushing against that or, or did it kind of develop you into where you are now? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Initially, when I joined the Marine Corps, you know, 18 years old, have no idea what you want to do in your life, but I thought I wanted to pursue a career in law enforcement. Mm. Um, but look at me, I'm like 125 bucks soaking wet, you know what I mean? It's 25 pounds. Um, so I, I was, it was always a challenge to be like huh. this iron fist guy. Um, and so I got in there and I quickly realized that I'm just not cut out for it. I, huh. I, I was, that was my... MOS, Military Occupation Specialties, is oh, uh, military police. Um, so I, I, I did get to do some law enforcement stuff, but, you know, I, I was just never that good at it. Um, it was a very, you know, regimented life for four years. Um, definitely taught me discipline. Um, yeah. That's like the number one thing. Um, one of the big things that I've taken away from that as well is like, the, the, this whole mantra that the Marine Corps teaches you is to, um, whenever you face the challenge, you know, you, you, you're in this challenge, the first thing you do is you improvise. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you, you like, you improvise, you like fake it till you make it type of thing, mm -hmm. you adapt to it, and then you overcome it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that I've always had that, and, and those are principles that the Marine Corps taught. Yeah. yeah. So that had to be interesting then going, going from there to engineering for a little bit. Yeah. And then to architecture studio, right? Yeah. And you're coming in with a bunch of 18-year-olds, yeah. right? I was the old guy. <laughs> you're the yeah. old guy. Yeah. And probably the organized guy. Yeah. And the guy who probably doesn't, like, pull on ours all the time because you're more yeah. organized. But I don't know. What, what was that experience like getting well, in? Was it kind of what you expected? or? I mean, I it, it was a lot of all-nighters and and. The reason for that is because I, I worked my way through college. Oh, wow. You know, so I had to, um, you know, I was kind of on my own at that point. So, yeah. um, you know, didn't have like a scholarship or anything like that. So I was like working off or going to school off the GI Bill, 
um, and then off of whatever I was making for myself. And um, I, in 2005, I think, I got my first internship at Oz. Oh, yeah. You know, like everybody goes through Oz at some point, it yeah. seems like, in this yeah. town. Um, but I, um, I worked at Oz for about five years, and I was, so I was working three-quarter time, mm. you know, part-time. I was a part-time wow. intern. Um, and going to school full time. So, you know, it was a lot of like I would show up to studio and understand the lesson and work enough in studio to say, yeah, I was here. And then I'd check out and go home and, you know, work from home because yeah. I was more efficient that way or, you know, I had to go to work in the next day or whatever. So that was always a balancing act. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the biggest thing that surprised you about architecture school? You know, you had this kind of more varied background before this. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, uh, a lot of work and I was really surprised by the attrition rate um, I was surprised to see that so many people dropped out um, to me that wasn't even in my head like I was you know I, I did it and I, was, I, I signed up and I was like if I sign up for something I'm gonna do it you mm-hmm. know like that's always been my mindset um, and uh, you know just seeing kids drop out left and right I was like why yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so that was surprising you know? yeah I, I think it was like a 40% attrition rate out of my class or something like that it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, it's something like, kind of like your engineering school where mm-hmm. you can get in, you could have done that. Yeah, but, I'm sure. But if it's not your passion, yeah. I'm not spending all this time on exactly. it, you know? So I think it is good when kids figure that out early rather yeah. than try to push through and yeah. we get bad architects in the yeah. end. And, but definitely yeah. study that it's something that you want. It, it brings a passion to your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's huge. And so then, was it was it an automatic for you? Like, I, I want to be licensed. I want to go to grad school right right after undergrad. Yeah. Uh, was that and that was the path? And yeah, I mean, um, so uh, going through grad school, working, um, I I've always had the mindset that I wanted to study, go into architecture to start my own business. Hmm. So that was always there. Um, you know, just that you know like an entrepreneur spirit you know i've always kind of had that um so yeah i've always i always had you know wanted to follow that uh, get to licensure as as quickly as possible um it took me all five years to get licensed uh this is kind of embarrassing that's that's pretty fast actually i mean (laughs) well um, what i mean by that is like you know how the the, um once you take your first test and you pass it you've got a five-year window otherwise it started expiring right well i pushed that because <laughs> because life and, and you're like you know, i like, need to pass this test yes. i can't do it yet yes i i i remember think i remember that i t- i signed up for my last exam and if i would have failed it you know i would have started exams would have started expiring and you know thankfully i didn't fail it yeah um but you know there was a number that i did and how yeah. to retake them and this is why it took five years to freaking do it but, yeah <laughs> Yeah. So what? So um, you did grad school at CU Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, what? How, how did you feel? Maybe more molded, or what did you kind? Of, what kind of path did you go down mm-hmm. in grad school versus undergrad? You know, how how did you kind of become more focused? Was it was it on the kind of entrepreneurial model, or was there a professor that kind of shaped you in a certain way? Or I think. Um... Like as far as like where how I chose to go down the residential path in in my firm, or just I guess. just how you how you think about architecture yeah. or how you yeah. yeah 
Yeah, because I mean, obviously, there's um, you know, there's architects that like to do hospitality or different sectors or whatever. I, I like, I enjoy residential. Um, I think I went down that path because uh, that's what uh, I was exposed to in my internships, early internships. Um, so working at Oz, I always worked on multifamily projects, um, and then I did other internship stints beyond that, and it was always multifamily. So my my portfolio, my back history portfolio was always in residential multifamily. Um, and I really enjoyed that, but I was missing, uh, the personal touch to that. Um, you know, cause when you're doing multifamily projects, you're doing it for developers right. and developers are, you know, they're thinking about the bottom line, right. not, not necessarily in a, in a generic client. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was missing that piece. And so I knew that when I start my own practice, I do want to do residential, but I want it to be more personal. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of, that's why I've taken the firm in the direction that it's going. Well, it seems like, you know, you, you're, you're also, you know, working a lot with like Passive House and have, have a pretty good focus there. Did you get any of that in school? Did, where did that sort of come yeah. from? That came later. Um, it didn't come from school, although school, you know, does a nice job at like giving you the passion for sustainability. You right. Know, like, talking to you about that sort of thing and you know understanding that we we've got to come up with a better way of living on the planet because you know it's it's not good the way that we're doing things um so i always had that you know mindset or that back that mantra back there um so that led me to to explore more sustainable housing types um the first uh kind of sustainable housing typology that i studied was biotecture um, or ships and oh, yeah, yeah. ships. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I like I watched Garbage Warrior, Michael Reynolds mm-hmm. documentary. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I want to do that. That was like, came out like kind of when you were in school. I, I think, think so. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, you know, I, I dug into that and totally tried understood the systems. I went and stayed at the at an ship in, mm. in Taos. Um, and I was like, I want to build these things. I want to, you know, design them and build them. And, and so, you know, I understood those principles. Um, and then that sort of led me into Passive House. Um, and I was like, okay, that, this is a whole new world. You know, this is all about building science and, and modern technologies. So I, you know, studied that and got certified as a designer and a builder in Passive House um, through the Passive House Institute in Germany, which is like the, the grandfather, if you will. Nice. So we've got one in here in the United States, BS. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but um, it's, it's not Germany. Yeah, it's not <laughs> Germany. It's, and, and Germans, you know, they, they, they do it right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of I wanted to learn up at the, on the best ways of doing um, good building, mm-hmm. you know, like because we, we most most people or most developers, most builders, um, and this is the criticism on the industry in general. Uh, you know, we, we build a code, and code is like the bare minimum. Um, and this is how we end up with like the stuff in boxes all over town. Mm-hmm. You know, because like developers are just going to build to exactly what code is going to allow, um, and then you know they fall apart in ten or fifteen years. Right. And so that that's a problem that we need to figure out how to fix. And uh, I don't. I'm not a person that relies on authorities to tell me what to do. Mm. Um, I'd rather figure it out for myself. And so, you know, that's kind of why. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so sort of obsessed with that question of 
for that word good, you know, and we've had a lot of talks with different architects about it, but it's like, what, what is good yeah. architecture? Like, what does that mean to that you? Mean, you know, yeah. I feel like that's an even harder question than that who are you question. maybe, but yeah. What is good architecture? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or I mean, the definition of architecture, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you can answer that in a lot of different ways, you know, like, is it aesthetically pleasing? You know, that's one way to like, look at what good architecture is. And sure you can judge a building by only that filter. Um, in my mind, uh, good architecture, uh, is it, it, it does that, but it also takes care of you, hmm. you know, it shelters you. Um, you know, that's the fundamental need is like humans, we need housing, we need a roof over our head, and we need food and water, you know, fundamental needs. And if a building fails at protecting you, sheltering you, like, you know, these deconstructed buildings that leak, in my mind, that's not good architecture. Um, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I like that definition of, of sort of, I mean, at a basic level, it's protection. Yeah. yeah. It's health and safety yep. yeah you know and then and then of course there's degrees on that of how it yeah yeah i always like to think of of architecture as like the in intentional ordering of space and form you know mm -hmm. so it, it's mm -hmm. about the intention so yep. and then you have degrees of intention or how intentional you're able to do and how many layers of that you have uh, yeah yeah, obviously it takes, um, you know, it takes some talent, it takes some skill on foresight and, you know, all this stuff to be able to put everything together. Right. Um, you know, like an architect's got to understand code and zoning, life safety issues and the needs of the end user. Um, environmental. And so, environmental, concern, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's a lot of organization. So, you know, that all makes a good architect, but does it really make a good designer? Right. You know, like, is that, it, yeah, you can, you can, a drafts person can put that building together. You know, you just understand the, the code. Right. Um, and you understand that the client wants three bedrooms, two baths, and you slam that shit together and, 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 and you put up a stucco box. Yep. Yeah. But is that good architecture? You know, like, uh, is that good design? You know, that's, that's a question. Right. So you, so you graduate school. Then what's what's next? Are you still working at Oz or no 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 no? no. Um, I I I I was laid off from Oz in two thousand eight. Ah, uh, yeah. during the recession, just like everybody's Everyone sad else. story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, that is when I started looking to start my own practice. Hmm. Um, and so I did. I started a practice then called Studio Q Four. Hmm. Uh, Q Four was my call sign in the Marine Corps. Hmm. Um, and so started with that as a traditional architecture practices offering drafting services that was unregistered at that time so it was a design firm yeah um and and i did that for a minute and um started taking on contract jobs here and there as they started to come up as the economy started to um you know get stronger uh and then eventually i ended up taking jobs at um ktgy and um shears atkins rockmore uh, workshop eight, uh, to name a few of the firms that I, I worked, you know, between that period until 2013. Nice. 2013. So taking off more of the Colorado firm, yeah, yeah. architecture firm boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 It, you good know, it's, it's yeah. good to get yeah. good experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was, you know, it was, that taught me of what I don't want to do. You hmm. know what I mean, so working at the big corporate firms, 
I recognize that that's not what I want to do long term. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, I learned tricks or things that I didn't want to do in my own practice, um, like working 60 hour weeks. <laughs> that's funny. That's a trick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watch, watch my magic trick. I, yeah. I don't sleep much. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, um, so we have a, a culture where we work for 10 hour days hmm. um, and we have Fridays off. Nice. Uh, and so that, I've, you know, like they've been, there's been all kinds of studies that show that people are way more productive and happier. And, you know, it's, it's, it just leads to better product. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that, you know, I've seen that our, you know, the people that, that work with us that, that work at our firm, they, you know, they, I think they're happy there. Um, yeah. And you yourself, do you stick to that pretty well? I mean, that has to be hard, right? It's hard. Yeah. Um, I stick to it in the sense that I, I don't open the door. So I have live work. Okay. Um, and so my home office is our headquarters and my, and I live there. Oh, nice. um, so I stick to it in the sense that I don't open the door and I hang out in flip-flops all day. So, <laughs> um, I'm not officially working. If I'm not wearing socks. Yeah, 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 yeah right. exactly. Um, <laughs> I, do you know who Kevin O'Leary is? Uh, no. Yeah, he's like this um, investor guy. Okay. Uh, from Shark Tank. Oh yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so he like puts on the suit jacket and he gives his interviews, but he's wearing like beach shorts underneath that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like that, you know. Just don't you, you don't like, you know, you're you're hanging out at home, right? Yeah. But it's like setting those expectations, right? That yeah. I'm not really supposed to be working now, and yeah. and because it's you you can overflow that bathtub, right? Like yeah. you can keep pouring water and keep putting time in, and it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, so difficult, but so I still I still work on Fridays. You know, I'll you know answering emails and reviewing drawings if I if I've got a time got the time for that. Um, but it's uh it's it's more low key because I'm not like meeting after meeting and you know phone call after phone call. Yeah, thing. with employees as well, right? I mean, yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So yeah, so then tell me, so you, you work you worked for a bunch of firms, and then I guess about nine years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Bonsai mm-hmm. or whatever. The beginnings of that was so what yeah. tell me about the kind of genesis there yeah um so you know i always wanted to start my own practice and so um in during my last job which was kgy uh I, I ended up um i was fixing and flipping houses at the same mm-hmm. time um i started uh with my first fix and flip i bought my own house with a ba loan so that's a benefit from, from the military. Um, I bought my first house with the VA loan that was a, you know, a piece of work. Um, ended up doing all the work myself, just kind of like gutted the place, was sleeping on plywood floors for a number of weeks. Um, but, you know, that was a good experience because it, it got me the, the contracting experience. Um, and I was able to build a little capital to kind of roll into, you know, bigger and better projects. Yeah. Um, I got to the point where I was able to do a, a single family development. Mm. Um, and so I was designing that one, like sort of moonlighting, if you will. Um, and it's for myself, so it's not really. Just because you're bored and you yeah. have no time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I was working full time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, designing this house and, and working it through the entitlement process. And well, once I got it uh, permitted, that's when I gave my two weeks notice and I went. I said, okay, this is it. We're going in. Um, and that's when I launched the firm. Did you GC that yourself? Yep. Uh, well, I, I, I did, um, but I didn't have my license then. Uh, I had a, 
Brian Pohl license oh, okay. permit for me. And so I managed it under his supervision and that gave me the experience to round out what I needed to be able to pull my own GC license. Wow, nice. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I always like to hear the first project stories of a firm, but then it's, I feel like the more interesting ones are the second one because it's like somehow you get a project, but yeah. then it's like, okay, I'm a firm. Now what? Yeah. So like what, what came next? Yeah. Um, so uh, client based work came next. Uh, and that was a learning experience. One of my first projects was uh, for uh, a client that hired us to do a pop top for them. Um, and they did they see your other house or they yeah, just knew you or yeah, that's, yeah at this point I had developed a single family duplex um, and like a remodel so that's how I built my portfolio so you after the single family you did a duplex ground up yep. oh, okay yeah wow. did a duplex and then um, did a little Denver bungalow that we ended up gutting and rehabbing um, and then you know sell it yeah and that was, yeah that was kind of the, just keep rolling it in yeah yeah. Um, and so that was like the hardest thing of starting a practice is like having a portfolio, you know, that you can put up and say, this is the work that I've done. Um, I, you know, when you start from, you don't have that. Yeah. And if you don't have that, nobody's going to give you work. So that was the biggest probably challenge in starting your own firm, my own firm. But um, it didn't, it didn't stop you too much because you're smart. Cause you're like, I'm going to be my own client yeah, and yeah. you were doing it that way. But yeah, yeah. cause that can only kind of get you so far possibly yeah. in the beginning, but. It's um it was uh it was a way to, to build a portfolio. Um, but you know, I always had that Jonathan Siegel inspiration. So I was like, I want to do what he's doing mm -hmm. um and I want to figure out how to scale this. Um what ended up happening is I started taking on client work because once I had enough portfolio work and was able to show that we can do it, um, people started hiring us. Yeah. Um and so it was uh you know, how, how how soon was that? Like so, when you you started at what two thousand thirteen? Mm -hmm. You're doing the single family and the duplex. Mm -hmm. When did you get that first project? The first real project, as I call it, okay. um, was that pop top, uh, not too far from here actually, huh. uh, over on. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, I, I, it, it's um. It, we can bleep it out if you want, but um, I'll give you the address later so you can check it out. Good, good, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, um, it probably came around 2015. So I probably okay. was doing my own stuff for two years. Wow. Yeah. Um, before, before we started getting some client work. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so interesting to hear, you know, you, you can look at all these firms and you say, mm -hmm. oh, look at all their work on the website. Mm -hmm. Like they, they got that right away or they did yeah. whatever. No, it took two years for yeah. the phone to call ringing yeah. and like, yeah, pretty get good stuff coming in and totally. Um, you know, up until that point, I had probably done like a client bathroom remodel or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, little stuff. Um, I remember we got, I got hired to do an as built, uh, and then that, that led to designing a little addition. Uh, um, so I already got the drawings. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Give yeah, me the project. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, little stuff like that happened. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was definitely having to build our own portfolio to you know. and who was it was it just you who who's who's our yeah is it, yeah. well now we're up to you know we're still a small firm um we're up to eight individuals mm. yeah. um in the firm uh and uh, uh back then it was it was me out of my living room and then like a contract intern mm. um 
you know, that just hire somebody from the schoolhouse. Right, yeah. 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 And so I did that until we needed a full-time person and then, you know, just the natural progression of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you, you know, you, you were talking about earlier um, wanting to hire somebody to free you up to do development again. Yeah. Were you, were you, have you, have you been able to keep that thread of development going th- throughout or? No, it's kind of, it's kind of. Those clients take over. Yeah. And, yeah. Clients just take over your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those clients with their money and yeah. their, their consistent pain. And, and their yeah. work. Their work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clients. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, we've been fortunate that we've been busy with client-based work. Uh, and so that's, you know, we've been able to grow the firm that way. Um. But uh, it's definitely something that I want. I want to get back to. Um, dabbled a little bit in it. Uh, we ended up. I ended up acquiring a piece of property over in Rhino that I was able to piece with the neighbor together, um, a little parcel, and then kind of put a, a, a development idea together and marketed that to, to, to developers and ended up selling that. And now mm. there's there's a, a eight story, forty nine unit tower going up there. Oh wow. Um, so, you know, I can say that I had a hand in, in putting right, that deal yeah. together. Um, Who's developing that? Uh, Shanahan Development. Yeah. You know, I just had got uh, beers with him the other day. Our, our sons are like best friends. Oh, no way. And uh, yeah, he was talking about you. Yeah. Jeff. Uh, yeah, Jeff. He's, he's yep. a good guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a really good guy. Um, affordable housing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's that's the angle that I'm trying to, mm. you know, base our practice off of is, is you know, delivering good architecture to more people. Right. Yeah. And affordable, you know, like that market is highly underserved. Yeah. Yeah. And he's another interesting guy of mm-hmm. that engineering background and then just sort of flipping homes and then yeah. pulling himself up and doing, yeah, yeah. towers now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's doing good stuff. Yeah. So, um, so that was a, a little bit of a development angle, you know, that's we kind of did. Um, and now I'm, I, I, I call it a development because it is, and Jonathan actually, Jonathan Siegel actually says this is the best way to get that development experience is to develop your own home. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, I we my wife and I ended up buying a piece of property over in Curtis Park. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, we're you know, we're going to put a single family house on it and an ADU on it and rent out the back and use the front space as a home office and you know do that for a number of years and then do it again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know he kept doing that, right? Where he, I, I'm jealous of those sites that he found because they would be like a like a two story like urban kind of storefront thing that he would yeah. have his office in yeah. and live and then do that every three years and yeah. kind of bigger and bigger and yeah. San Diego must have different zoning because like I look for that here, really, it's impossible to find, really. You know, because commercial, it's got to be a commercial zone here yeah. in Denver. Like you can't do that in a residential zone district, right? So I guess you could still do that where you have it's mixed use where you have a full commercial in the yep. lower and then yeah but yeah so yeah we looked for a long time for something like that but it was like hmm. you have to go into the into the commercial zoning areas and um you know those are very expensive and um usually they're you know you're getting beat up by actual developers <laughs> right. yeah. yeah people with actual money yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it uh Nice. Well, you know, it's like eight, eight people is a lot, you know, it's like having, having my own company of two people and like, how do we feed our yeah. two mouths, you know, yeah. and like eight, eight builds up, right. That's a lot yeah. of people. So, you know, we kind of jumped from the two to eight. Mm-hmm. What, um, 
what was what was like a maybe your most trying or difficult day in a firm? Does it, 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 building your firm kind of between that phase? Does anything stick out for you? Hmm. Trying. Um, so you know, getting sued sucks. Huh. And so that is probably you know tying back to my first real project. Oh really? That's the one that you know kicked my butt. Ouch. Um, so it was a pop top. And uh, we ended up getting, I ended up getting sued uh, for nail pops. Uh, and nail pops happen, you know, like shrinking, swelling of organic material. Yeah. Um, we tried to rectify the situation, um, but it was, she was a contentious client. Huh. Uh, and so anyway, that long story short, uh, that was, that was trying because that drove, drug out for a number of years. If we started that project around 2015, 2016, that just settled. Wow. Like three months ago or something like that. <laughs> and now you're like, <laughs> I don't even care about this pop shop. It's such so, <laughs> no. a small project. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, yeah. But like, you know, getting sued and going through that stress mm. of like, man, this is probably going to sink me. You know, it's going to sink the firm. Like that, that, that's a problem. That sucks. Um, but I learned a lot from it. Yeah. 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 Was that even something that was on you guys? In, in the drawings or what like um it, we can edit this out if you want but no, no it's uh, yeah. fine we built it i designed built it oh i see yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. i was the builder on it um uh it's not it wasn't i i won the case and oh nice. yeah yeah we won the case and we ended up actually covering our bases you know financially speaking it, it just sucked because you know there was like five years of contention A there brain drain yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow so we were completely justified and right in our defense and, and how we handled, you know, the project. But, you know, you, there's some crazy people out there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, like, I actually think that um, doing design build uh, helps with limiting your liability. Hmm. So, you know, as an architect, you know, yeah, we know a lot of stuff, but we don't know everything. Right. Yeah. Um, and so... Sometimes you forget to draw a detail or you misdraw it or, you know, whatever. And if you're handing that set of drawings to another builder and that builder builds it according to how you drew it and it goes wrong, then the finger points back at you. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas if you're building it, you have an opportunity to fix your mistake. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with the contractor and client, you have two fingers pointing at you yeah. with just a client yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes a client doesn't even have to know, you know, because mm. like if you're on a construction uh, and you recognize that you did misdesign something while it's under construction because we're on site all the time, you know, tending to our projects, uh, we, we can collaborate in the field, you know, with, with, with our designers and our architects and, and our contract and our builders that are the guys that are building, you know, cause we're all the same right. yeah. crew and we figure it out and we make it right. Nice. So. Yeah. Um, so you, you talked a little bit about like earth ships and mm -hmm. it's like, that's it, like had this feeling, right? Like mm -hmm. that's kind of what I want to do or what I want to be. Mm -hmm. Have you, have you been able to get close to that, you know, with your own work? Yeah, um, so we got a chance to design an Earthship, and actually you can't call them Earthships because they're, that's a trademark. Mm. Um, so Michael Reynolds, the architect that developed that, you know, Earthships is his trademark. So it's not an Earthship. 
it's a house that's designed in the biotexture standard. Mm. So biotexture. Um, so yeah, we, we designed a biotexture house um, in Pueblo. Yeah. And so that was cool. Um, and we actually got to go out and spend a couple of days pounding tires, you know, helping them build that thing. Oh, so it's actually with tires. Yeah. 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 yeah talk, about, talk about the strategies and systems that went into that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very simple. Um, it's a ran, it's basically rammed earth, um, very fundamentally at its core. It's a rammed earth home. So you, um, you stack tires on the north side and you pound dirt into them and you build this wall up. And so you, you're, you've got a cave house, you know, and, uh, along the back side of that tire wall, uh, you bury cisterns, water cisterns that will catch your water. Mm. Uh, so the roof slopes to the north, you catch your water. Um, and, uh, and it sits in those cisterns until it's ready for use in the house. And it, you filter it, you use it for potable, use it to flush your toilets. Um, at the end of the day, you, you, you run it through a south facing greenhouse. Mm. Um, they call this a, um, a bio cell. Mm. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's gray water that you're running through this bio swell. So the plants love it. So you grow all, you know, just abundance of food in these, in these, greenhouses um so it's uh, and, and they the, the the plants are essentially acting as a thermal mass that's then creating heat and radiating back or well really? the, the the greenhouse is south facing or right. you know, the south face of the house is all glass glazing huh. and you've got to get the angle right you've got to get the depth right and so michael reynolds with his airships he's dialed this in so you sort of follow that technique um because you know you if it's already figured out why would you go right. green with yeah. the wheel and so, um, yeah, so, you, so you just, it's like a double, like the greenhouse becomes like a double skin facade yep. essentially, and then yep. you control the ventilation through it. And, yep. uh, well, and, and, uh, does it, I want to say, does it work, but like, you know, there's a certain amount of maybe a little bit of guessing, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah. then do you, have you been monitoring it or, or system? And this is the, the Morrison house. So the Morrison. That's another one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, what's what's this one that you did? I think it's, it's maybe the Pueblo. Oh, okay. Ownership. And then so that one, the, the that one's a true to its name, Earthship, if you will, biotexture house. Um, and those clients, they're building it still. They're still trying to finish ah. it. Um, we designed and built that Morrison house, which used you know used the biotexture principles. Um, and the way that we did that is uh, the cave, it's like completely sealed and we use Pacifals principles to kind of air seal that envelope. Um, and it's got mechanics, it's got an ERV, energy recovery ventilator mm. for fresh air. Um, so it's got all the modern stuff, but then the south facing greenhouse is basically an attachment. Mm. You know, it's like, it's not part of the building envelope. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's how we, got around kind of the code requirement there, not being able to run gray water through your house. <laughs> oh, so that's what it, what it is. Yeah. How, how'd you get around that with Pueblo or? Th that was in Morrison. Yeah, but, but with? In Pueblo? Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think oh, they're okay. going to run the, the, the gray water through their, through their bio soil. Yeah. I think they're just going to run fresh water through it. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, no, that's so cool. You know, in undergrad, we did a, you know, a whole semester of that sort of like, you know, passive 
passive houses, right? Mm-hmm. And, and thinking about it in different ways. And, and uh, I feel like it's so hard to get back to that, mm-hmm. you know, to, to find the client yep. who's that interested in it yep. and get all the things to kind of align. Yep. But uh, it seems like, yeah, you guys are, are positioning yourself in a pretty good spot of being sort of that expert yeah. when that comes along, you know? Yeah, and, you know, the it, and it just goes back to the whole, like, if, if there's not a, there's not somebody that's willing to hire you to do it, you got to do it yourself. Right. Mindset, yeah. you know, and then how I started the practice. So we're working on a biotexture community mm. um, development. It's theoretical at this point. Um, but we, you know, we're working on a design for, for a biotech community, uh, that we intend to go and, and look for property that we can potentially put this on, um, put, and try to put a deal together, um, where it's going to have three components and, and we're doing, I'm doing this in collaboration with, um, with a earthship guy that went to the Academy and he understands the principles and, um, he's kind of like a community organizer mm-hmm. type of guy, uh. But our goal is to develop this thing. It's going to have three components. It's going to have like a teaching component. So it's going to have a community center um, that that people can come to and learn about these principles. Because the idea is to like, you know, learn teach people how to do this so they can go home and do it themselves. Right. Um, and it's going to have a rental component, like a short-term rental, like an Airbnb, yeah. um, and then like a permanent housing. So some some biotechnology homes uh within the community cool um and so we're you know we're trying to apply all these biotechnology and passive principles and permaculture principles and just make it like a radically sustainable community uh and then that should be a plan that could be replicated really anywhere yeah uh, it, so is it is the housing is it single family or yeah, yeah so it's yeah. all and because that, that's what i'm interested in like how you could do a development like that, right? Mm-hmm. You development, you're trying to get more density, but yeah. more density, you get less uh, solar access, yeah. possibly. And, yeah, because um, yeah, they, they need they need their space, right? Yeah. yeah, and they all have to be oriented a certain direction. Um, so huh. it's it's it it's a whole different way of thinking about planning. Yeah, I'm not a planner, but <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. How, how many how many units is this kind of the idea of it like yeah and you know, obviously kind of it's going to be context dependent right um depending on the site uh, but the one that we're theorizing it's got 15 homes hmm. um and 15 short-term rentals wow. um, and then one community center yeah and again this is a prototype it's totally theoretical we don't know what kind of site but either that can be scaled up or down mm-hmm. um, depending on what kind of site we end up with hmm. yeah yeah interesting yeah. i mean like you're saying, you, you have to do that, right? Like, yeah. it, otherwise, you're just going to be getting the clients that you kind of get from yeah. whatever the last thing you did, which might not be what you want to be doing. And yeah. to to be able to pour that time and resource into those theoretical things, yeah, and, yeah, it's it's difficult, but yeah, you know, it, it, this um, design build way of doing things, of delivering architecture, mm-hmm. um, and then developing design build yourself. You're sort of vertically integrating the whole process, right? Uh, and that, uh, from what I've been able to appreciate from this whole thing, is that that's the best way of being able to do experiment with this type of housing. Yeah. Um, because you know we can control the costs. Uh, if we don't want to, we don't have to pay ourselves a fee. 
Um, you can kind of roll that over as, right. into the development model. Um, so, you know, it allows you to, to do that trial and error that you need to do to develop this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's cool. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the dream, right? But yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of balls to be <laughs> juggling. What's, what, what is the, do you have a sense of what that vision is, right? Of, of how, how big you get, how, mm. you know, you, you see certain design development firms and they, they get kind of bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the architecture kind of drops off, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it's not sustainable anymore. You can hire somebody easier or vice versa with construction, you know, um, do you do you have a sense of like how you want to dial your, yeah. yourself in? Like, yeah, that's a good question. Like, how big do we want to get? Right, you know, yeah. like how? Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, that's a, that's a tough question. That's one of those unknowns. I, I mean, I feel like maybe like twenty, thirty people, mm -hmm. and then it starts to get too corporate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, that's you turn into those firms you you didn't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, the way that we're structured. Um, it's like a employee ownership, hmm. you know, that's it. so everybody that, and I tell this to everybody that I end up hiring, it's like, I'm, we're, we're bringing you on and I'm looking as a potential partner, hmm. um, because what we're trying to do is I'm trying to set up. So the architects manage the architecture firm and the contractors manage the contracting firm. And then now with this move of bringing in a business manager, operations manager, then that guy's going to manage the business. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that way, you know, the companies can kind of stand on their own two feet um, and we can, you know, run this development stuff right through the, through the process. Yeah. Okay. And then ideally on Fridays, you're just wearing flip flops and yeah. not on your computer. Yeah. Right? From Hawaii. From Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, or the yacht, you know. <laughs> what, what is the makeup of the firm, of the office right now in yeah. terms of, yeah, like how many partners or contractors mm -hmm. or. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got, uh, two, uh, designers, so, you, you know, they can't call themselves architects. They're not registered quite yet. Uh, two designers, um, a, uh, a marketing admin gal, hmm. um, myself, and that's kind of the design firm. Hmm. Uh, and then on the build side, I've got a partner, uh, and then we've got three employees that are kind of crew. And we're looking to hire a fourth to kind of get a crew, a four-man crew that can we can then split up and kind of have a different job mm -hmm. sites. Um, and so, are you able to build most of your projects, or? Uh, so yes and no. Yeah. We we do we do both. You know, we, we do design work and we do it for just developers, um, or we'll do it for just a client, and then they can go off and hire their own GC. Um, but most of the stuff that would that actually ends up rolling into uh, a, a project, we're design building it. We're, we're doing the build ourselves, yeah. Um, unfortunately, because we're design build, uh, we are also we also have the burden of telling the client how much a project's going to cost early on, mm -hmm. and then you know a lot of projects die. Right. Huh. <laughs> you, you don't give them enough hope early yeah, on. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, the, huh. the luxury of being a design firm only is that you can get, you get hired and you get paid to design cool, cool shit. Right. And you document it, but you're not responsible for telling the client what it's going to cost. Right. Um, Ballpark. I'm thinking this. Ballpark. Don't hold yeah. me. Yeah. 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 
Um, I'll whisper a number to you, but don't <laughs> don't write it down. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm not a contractor. Yeah, right? I'm not a builder. Um, well, we we do have to tell our clients <laughs> that off the bat, and so a lot of times we're you know we're the bad guy, um, and so you know projects don't end up moving forward because we do give them that reality check. Um, Brandon in our firm, he's 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 basically right hand guy. He's been with the firm for five years. Um, he has this thing. He says, uh, um, "Bonsai handing out reality checks since 2013." <laughs> <laughs> we hand out checks instead of receiving yeah. checks for the projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Where did that name come from, Bonsai? Uh, I watched a lot of Karate Kid when I was a kid. Nice. <laughs> um, no, yeah, seriously, that's. Yeah. That, I think that's where it really stemmed from. Huh. Uh, it, it was. It's a. It's a. It's got a catchy work. You know, flow. Bonsai right. design build. Um, but I'm all, I, the real, I guess, or the more serious justification or the, the, you know, where it comes from is that I correlate the art of bonsai to architecture, the process mm. of architecture and that, you know, with bonsai, you're taking something that's, you know, you, has, it's just there, it's just kind of doing its thing, but you can mold it into something beautiful. Right. Over a long amount of time, right? Yeah. And yeah. With a is, lot of persistence and, and a lot of patience yeah, yeah a lot of vision um and that's that's architecture in a nutshell yeah think about it yeah huh. Huh. nice um you know i think you talked talk in the beginning about um you know providing what you said providing maybe safe or maybe just good housing uh mm -hmm. that's the sort of core of this mm -hmm. um what what is what is your sense of of community or who, who is your kind of community within Denver, Colorado and, and yeah. how, how might that help with this kind of path or mm -hmm. direction? That's tough. Uh, because I, I work from home. I don't get out much. Right. <laughs> uh, so like my free time, it's, it's, I hang out with my wife and we go camping a lot. So nice. you, you saw my rig yeah. as I drove up. So that we do that a lot. We get out to the back country, so yeah. my community is nature. Huh. You know, like I just get out into the into the sticks as much as, as often as possible. Um, I do a lot of running, mm. um, so like I'm training for a marathon right now. Huh. Um, so just getting into my own head and you know going out there. That's kind of a meditation practice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so it's it's that, and then as far as like community, like it's my work. No, it's it's people that I interact with on a day to day basis. So it's my coworkers, which you know, obviously we couldn't do this without without them. We right. you know, like we need each other. So this is why I consider them partners. Every one of them, you know, because um, you know, one of them quits. We're up Shit Creek. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and and so we you know we need to we have a, a very positive and and good work culture. I think. Um, and then, you know, it's co other colleagues, you know, like developers like Jeff, I would consider him um, a pretty good, you know, pretty good solid part of my community. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, with with the contracting side of it, you know, that, it opens up a whole other window of subcontractors probably yeah. and, and that whole network, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. most of the battle is trying to keep good subcontractors i assume and or, it's tough right, right. To yeah find, find good subcontractors fortunately we're small enough that we're not running into the issue of like you know we can't find an electrician you know because we're we're building three projects 
Right. So we've got three projects under construction and we're getting, we're getting ready to start my house. So we'll have four. Mm. Um, so, you know, with our team, with our five, we'll be five person build team. We can handle that. Um, and, and then, you know, juggling one or two plumbers, one or two electricians, you know, we can, we can shuffle that around, but, uh, it's tough to find new subcontractors right uh and and you know we're we're constantly looking you know we're constantly looking for new subcontractors but they're hard to come by yeah yeah well it's cool you know i i just uh you know we never met before Mm -hmm. and been seeing your work coming up and and around the neighborhood as well and and just interested in you guys and and just really interested in in this uh uh, design develop model you Mm -hmm. know i'm I'm, our company is trying to go down that way slowly and uh, it's funny, actually, I'll have, I'll have three developers on in a row. You'll be the third. So oh, really? I, it, it, yeah, we had Christian Butler on. Okay. And then uh, I just interviewed Dana Crawford this week, so oh, she'll be nice. on. And then, yeah, and then you. So it's, it's interesting getting into this. Right? And, but it's just, yeah, it seems like such a smart model. And you guys are doing it with construction mm-hmm. and with uh, energy efficiency and innovation. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, appreciate you. Uh, striving for good for good built environment here yep. so thanks yep. we, we got to figure it out it, yeah. you know the government's not going to figure it out for us right yeah no, that's kind of that's kind of what we're doing <laughs> yeah cool well thanks for coming over yeah absolutely thank you thanks you can visit architecting.com that's architect-ing.com to see images from this week's guest and please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts Have a great week and keep connecting. What made you decide to start this podcast? Yeah, you know, I moved here five years ago. Mm -hmm. And where are you from? So I grew up in Kansas. Okay. uh, And then my my ex wife's from Kansas. Oh, really? Where? where? Wichita. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I grew up right north of Wichita. She was in Jayhawk. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm a a wildcat. Okay. Yeah, and then we, uh, my wife and I, we got married young right out of school. She's an architect at Gensler. Okay. Um, and uh, had her own firm in Wichita in 2009. Mm-hmm. Like, we got one project for my vegetarian uncle making a hot dog restaurant. Oh, cool. Uh, and that lasted us for, like, two years. Kind of kind of built a lot of it. But, yeah. Uh, and then she, we moved to the Netherlands where she went to grad school. And then I went to grad school in Connecticut. We lived there. And then... Spent six months in Mexico City and then moved here. Oh wow, and Mexico so, City, that's cool. Yeah, that's experience. really cool. Yeah. yeah, really cool. One of my professors from grad school hired us to come down to her firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, I knew I was coming to Denver, and so was just starting to reach out to people I wanted to work for, mm-hmm. and it's just so fun. Like I, you know, I was pitching it kind of like, hey, let's go get coffee. Let's, yeah. I want to figure out what the scene is yeah. like here, and and so did that, and then got a job, and then it's kind of like. We don't have much of a reason to do that anymore. Mm. And then, you know, I, I teach it to you. Uh, and so I can do that to like bring jury in and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it just got to the point where I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to talk architecture you know, with people. people. Yeah. And I want to, and I want to, and it's like, you know, somebody like, like this never heard of, like, I was talking to somebody about you guys and they, it was like some architect. I was like, you have to know bonsai. I'm like, no, I don't. I was like, yeah. how do you not know each other? And yeah. And so the whole idea is, yeah, to kind of make like an encyclopedia of totally. our times in a way and just connect people. And um, yeah, 
but that's awesome. No, I, I like when when um, so my marketing guy Jordan mm-hmm. is the one that reached out. Yeah, um, I had I had heard of your podcast, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's like reach out to them, see if uh, they'd be willing to have us on. Yeah, I didn't think that we would, you know, you'd because like. You know, you've got people like Dana Crawford on here. Well, and yeah. she's like a shaker and mover in town. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but I got you too. You know, and, and it's and that's what I love, right? Like, like I said, you you guys were on my list. Like, so many people are like, "What? This is, podcast is going to suck. It's going to last for like a year, and then you're going to run out of architects." And it's there's so many architects. There's a lot. Yeah. And you know, I feel bad because I haven't quite even touched like outside of Denver, you know, there's yeah. so many people in the mountains and yeah. South and North and, um, but it's kind of, I'm getting to the point where, yeah, where a lot of people like you're reaching out and I'm like, yeah, if you reach out, let's build community, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, I'm booked out through December or something and it's That's hard awesome. to get to everybody, you yeah. know, are so, you working right now somewhere? So I have my own firm. Okay. Yeah. I uh, started about a year ago. Okay. Um, how's that going? Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I have a partner in Connecticut, so okay. it's a remote firm. And so, yeah, we oh, have... I think I did see that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we have, you know, we we have a house about to be done in Gypsum. Mm-hmm. We have, like, an indoor pool addition in Kansas that's almost done. We were, we're doing, like, a renovation of a house in Pennsylvania. We've got a house addition in Littleton and, a, and then a commercial TI and Rhino. So, you know, it's like enough yeah. little things that yeah. are building up. And yeah. um, we we were kind of lucky enough, I say lucky enough, my partner was furloughed and he had like, for like three or four months mm-hmm. and he just sat there and did theoretical projects and okay. renderings. And okay. so we have this kind of like log of projects um, or at least yeah. it kind of looks, and he's he's really good at yeah. realistic renderings. And so, you know, a lot of people Oh, you built that. Awesome, yeah, yeah, it did. yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a portfolio. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's building. You know, this is the third time I've started a firm. I did once with my wife. Yeah. And then we went to grad school. And then I did another time where I went off on my own. Mm-hmm. And I just got, like, lonely. And yeah. Just, I can't do just this work by myself. yourself. Yeah. And so went went and worked for a firm and then, and then did this now. But, um, yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. It's 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 hard to start a practice. Right. Yeah. It really is. It's, yeah. So it's like you gotta get that portfolio. That's the number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you get a portfolio, then it starts to get easier. I think. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, we finally started getting that just like two years ago. <laughs> but like you're saying, it just it it takes uh it takes time, right? Yeah. Like it takes two years for the phone to call or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, I don't know. Do you know Christian Butler much? I've heard of his name. Yeah. I may have met him at some point. He, yeah. he, he he kind of flies pretty low under the radar, but yeah. really similar story to you. Kind of came to architecture a little bit later, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually graduated in in '09 from okay. grad school, and uh, and just developed his own duplex. Okay, and then has never worked for anybody, and just so like, he's doing straight up development. Straight up development. Yeah, uh, he he does some fee fee for service, mm-hmm. uh, but you know. He'll do he'll do some projects and then he'll go uh take a van out cross country for a year. And That's like awesome. you know, and he's got now he's he's held on to enough of these duplexes, I think, that he's you know, enough passive income oh, yeah. in that That's the way to do the it. dream, right? So yeah. Sounds like a smart dude, yeah. Um that's that's ultimately the way I'd like to take this practice is to get it so that we're just basically doing our own development yeah. work 
right and we can fire our clients exactly you know what i mean i think we can always take on that selective client the right one you know what i mean yeah that's reasonable and understand that shit costs money <laughs> so but yeah especially when you when you start working for bad developers yeah who are making bad decisions mm-hmm. and then profiting off of your good work it's like yeah i can't do it you know yeah no that's discouraging especially once you've done it I, I think that's a big step for me like so we have a third partner who's he he's in new york and he like works for like the family who owns the mets and like really big scale stuff yeah um so that the idea is we bring him in we do development mm-hmm. but it you know it's just like kind of it's scary right yeah. and like and and that's i i keep hearing like you just need to make that first do that first project or flip that first home or yeah. whatever and you learn so much or you get sued or whatever but the next time is is better you know yeah. but it's yeah where do you find time enough resources you know land uh, uh, like, you know yeah yeah you gotta you gotta have capital to be able to do that so yeah, yeah it's tough i was i was fortunate i had the va and i was able to start mm. that you know I, I was i used the va long to get my start put your um, time in for that though yeah yeah yeah, yeah give four years of my life yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, I mean, if you're not, if you don't have that, it's tough to get into the development game. Right, and, yeah. You know, I wouldn't say I'm I'm a developer yet, but I'm trying to be. Right. I'm trying you, to figure that you out. Do, yeah, you, you're starting it. Yeah. Uh, uh, not, you know, I'm pretty local, so I haven't ran into any big, you know, star architects or anything like that. I mean, I could probably, you know, tell you my heroes, my, you know, architects that I look up to. Um, Jonathan Siegel, you know, mm-hmm. I, I keep bringing up his name, but it's like the dude's figured it out. He's, mm-hmm. he's doing his own architecture. He's developing his own stuff and he's doing beautiful work. I don't know if that qualifies as a good building. You know, yeah. that's another question. Like, is, is his stuff leaking? You know, like, is it like energy efficient? Yeah. You know, like that's where I, you know, that's kind of the other measuring stick I like to use. It's right. like, is it performing well? Um, you know, some of the stuff that I, that you see on his website, yeah, it looks really cool, but like, I can see that detail. That's a big ass thermal bridge and it's all around your building. Well, you're in San Diego, you know, <laughs> true, true. but, but they're, true. They're, he's cheating a little bit, Yeah, but, but, but that is a good point. Yeah. 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 Those, those, those thin concrete slabs he has coming out. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd, I'd love to meet him one day and that would be cool, but the, uh, I've been like watching the the low high high performance house going up. That's oh, yeah. really interesting. I, you know, like the low high hypo. Oh, yeah, that it's, way, it's, it's done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I just love like I love the form the form of the, the sort of interlocking stairs. You know, mm-hmm. and like you, it's interesting where you know you see you go by and you're like, okay, yep, yeah, that's how they conform to the envelope, the yeah. zoning envelope, or the type here, whatever. Yeah, and you don't see that. You know, like yeah. I feel like it's kind of rare to break out of that or mm-hmm. that kind of typology. What yeah. uh, is there a good story about how that came about? Or it was an accident. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so we had we we came up with a concept where it had um, this south facing greenhouse. So these clients are big gardeners, hmm. um, and so it was always going to be about gardening. Um, and so um, we we designed this house that's got a big south facing greenhouse. Um, two-story greenhouse and then um, we priced it out and and gave them a budget and um, they're like no way we can't we can't afford this so we, we've got to redesign it and then they went and got a different GC uh, because 
you know, stick shock where the where the right. bad guys the bad are. Guys, yeah. yep. Um and so then the, the other GC came in and um started you know like well you gotta do this and that and then so we PE'd a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. at that kind of after that sort of discussion. Um and then it, it became about how do we get to the roof deck? You know, how do we get access to the roof decks? And they wanted access to the roof decks from both the interior and the exterior. Mm. Um, and so it was, you know, it was just a, a VE situation mm. and, and a response to their needs of trying to get access to all these outdoor spaces. And, and then the zoning, you know, the zoning has, has you step things yeah. back because of the bulk plan and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But that house is pretty cool. It's, it's high performance. It's, it's built with um, SIPs, structural insulated panels. Um, and we used uh, Alpin windows. Mm. Uh, mm. Have you heard of Alpin? No. They're um, a window manufacturer here, local. They're um, they're factories in Louisville, mm. um, and they make uh, you know American made high performance windows, mm. which is cool because most high performance windows come from Europe, Germany. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know to get an American product, that's that's pretty cool, and that's huh. that's one of the things that I tried to. Um, I, I've tried to like push for as always. Let's let's look for local stuff as much as possible. Um, it's you know globalism. I think is what's leading us down this path of shit falling apart. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Would you, you guys work with like a specific engineer, like MEP engineer, a lot to to kind of engineer these out or? Mm-hmm. No, systems yeah figured out no and not 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 no we don't have like a specific relationship with an MEP um, because residential doesn't require it um, the way that we design the performance the energy aspect is through a hers report usually hmm. so we what, so what's that hers yeah oh, I forget what it stands for I can't even remember what hers stands yeah. for but it's a um, it's it's a it's a model so and and we don't i don't know how to do them um so we always consult that out mm. uh i forget what the firm's name is um but they will model the building you know they input your r values and your windows and all and your orientation and all that stuff and then based on that input they'll tell you what your heat loading your cooling loads are and then you can size a hvac system to it mm. so that's the way that we've always approached things that we've done things in residential but in, and then how are you how are you staying like innovative and and thinking about systems in different ways? You know, that's just your own research or yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes from the passive house side. Um, because the idea with passive house is that you don't need a large mechanical system, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so what we typically will specify is um, and, and definitely an ERB, because we're make we're designing our homes and our, our structures. Uh, to be so airtight that you need ventilation. Right. So, yeah. like, you'll hear some builders say that a home needs to breathe. Right. And so this is why they make them so that there's, you know, they leak. Um, that's kind of what, I don't know, in my opinion, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because, you know, like, with every organism in the world, we breathe through a mechanism that's designed to breathe, like our lungs. Right. And then so the ERV is a home's lungs. Yeah. It's like a ducted system. I mean, it's yeah. um, it's it's just a it's a, a little box that's constantly pulling in fresh air 
and it's extracting stale air. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's feeding the fresh air to the living spaces and then it's extracting the stale air from like bathrooms, uh, laundry rooms, you know, that sort of thing. As it's doing that, it's exchanging energy. So it's crossing the paths. It doesn't mm-hmm. mix the air, but it's just like the, um, it's like, like exchange yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. So like the, you know, the cold air comes in from the outside and then it crosses with the warm air that's, that's being extracted and then it raises it up to a certain temperature mm-hmm. so that you're not, it's not a total loss of energy, right? but you've got constant fresh air. Um, and, uh, and then, so that's the number one thing that, that, that we do, we specify and that that's cheap on ERVs, like 2,500 bucks. <laughs> 3,000 bucks, you know? Right. Um, and so there's that. And then for the actual conditioning, um, well, in Colorado, you don't really need AC. So sometimes I'll, we'll push for like, you know, you can get away with it without AC, especially if you build a good envelope. Right. You know, and orientate it correctly. And, yep. Yeah. yeah so, it correctly. so you don't get this right. huge solar gain. Um, but, you know, most people can't get a kid. They, they need AC. They, right. And so, so we often we'll specify mini splits with a heat pump. So there's yeah. a heat pump on the yard that works in both directions. And so in the wintertime, it does heating and in the summertime, it does cooling. Um, and then there's a mini split head in kind of the critical spaces. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really the system that we use a lot. Um, like up in that Morrison Earth House, no AC. And we can get away with that because there's, it's up at elevation. Right. Um, it just has radiant heating and an ERV. Nice. Very simple. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the idea with passive house is that if you have a tight enough and well insulated enough envelope, you're not going to lose that energy that you're putting into it. Yeah. And, and you're getting that mo- most of the time with SIPs. Are you using SIPs on a lot of projects or? No. Yeah. Um, I've used SIPs. We've used SIPs on two homes. Um, so like every house is like an experiment. Yeah. Um, so, and, which is another cool kind of byproduct of design build is that we can experiment with, you know, different right, yeah. techniques. Um, so yeah, SIPS has, was an experiment. We tried it, you know, it, it's, but it's, it's very complicated. Right. You know, to get a SIP house, it's a lot of work to, uh, coordinate that ahead of time right. for the architect, for the designers. And yeah. We just find ourselves doing shop drawing after shop drawing review. And it's like pouring ungodly amount of hours into trying to get this right. And then it gets delivered and it's still wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and where's the closest factories? Like, here they, yeah, you have to ship them in from, from yeah. Georgia or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 So we stop. Well, besides that, you know, SIPs are cool. Yeah. You know? Right. So, yeah. like, I, I would use SIPs again for the right project. It's simple, very simple form. Um, but we've, we've started looking at the things. So, right now we're building a lot with um, just traditional two by with an exterior. Um, insulated R sheeting, yeah, which you're seeing all over the place. Um, so we're using that, and then the the key is your windows. You definitely have to have high performance windows, um, and then you got to air seal it. Mm. And we're using the vapor barrier to air seal. What what vapor barrier you guys like to use? Like Siga, Siga, yeah. I think they're called. It's the the product is Madrex, something like that. It's a white. Film. Okay. It's it's vapor smart, so that oh. it allows drying to both sides of the wall. Hmm. So it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool. It's, product. it's like sheet applied. It's it's not like liquid applied. Like no, it's it's a, it's a roll that you roll and you staple to the studs, oh, and, really? and then you and you make sure you tape the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but that's how we're getting our air barrier 
Um, and just a lot better than Tyvek or something. Oh, like, d- yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and you see Ty, you know, the, the Tyvek, the weather barrier stuff that you see flapping in the wind all over town. Yeah. Like, uh, what is that really doing? <laughs> you're putting you're putting your vapor barrier over the top of your zip panel, or with so, that you're just taping seams. And, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> the zip R sheathing, mm-hmm. um, that the green face, that's right. already a weather barrier. Right. Yeah. Um, so then all we're doing with that on the exterior is just taping the seams. Just taping, yeah. And then so now that gives you a, a good weather barrier. Um, on the inside of the wall, the warm side, we're installing a vapor barrier which is mm. the Sigma product, which is, it's got a premium. Um, you know, like if you if you hire an insulator and, and you want blowing bats, they're gonna come in and put up a plastic sheet, that's a vapor barrier. Um, so we go one step above that and install that uh, Sigma system, which we t- take the crap out of basically. Mm. Huh, um, nice. Okay, yeah. And then you just chip over the top of that. Yep. And, yeah, and you just chip over that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really the magic behind high performance is is, is getting a good R value. Yeah, what do you try to get with your walls? Uh, Usually we're getting like 30, 35. Okay, yeah, nice. Um comes you, 20. Yeah, yeah. So you're filling filling the two by six cavity and you're and doing like an R twelve sometimes when we use like the two and a half inch. Nice. Um and then uh and then it's the high performance window, so that's the premium. Um if you come if you show a client and you try to compare apples to apples, like here's a Marvin package and here's your Alpin window package. They're gonna be like, no freaking way. Yeah. But you've got to present it in a holistic. You know, yeah. Here's what your billing envelope is, and then your mechanics can significantly reduce mm-hmm. because we don't need, you know, that much. Yeah. And you're, you're able to show them those analytics and say again yeah, because yeah. we're design build. You know, we have to budget this stuff off the bat. Uh, so yeah, we, we we do need to show the clients that. And that, that gets pretty close. I mean, just just enough upfront costs, or it has to be lifetime cost to. Yeah, there's um there's a premium, right? You know, like and it and it and there's different like, um, thresholds that you can take it. Like you can go full on passive certification, uh, and that has a high premium. Like for a single family house, probably twenty five percent. Hmm. And we've we've priced that and budgeted and designed it and, and budgeted it and I can with some confidence tell you that a single family house that if you want to certify it it's going to be like a twenty five percent premium mm-hmm. to code built, um, but you can you know you can scale that back. You don't have to certify it. You know you don't have to hit R fifty in your walls because that's what it would require right. to, to get a passive house certification. You don't have to you know like go 100% thermally unbridged everywhere. Um, you don't have to do triple pane windows. Wow, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's there's things that you can scale down and still end up with a darn good house. Mm-hmm. You know, the, our rep from uh, that sells us our windows, uh, Todd Collins, he's a good passive house guy. He knows he knows this stuff, like mm-hmm. the back of his hand. Um, he, he has that saying, it's like darn good house. Yeah. What are, what are you? seeing price per, per square foot like at right now like yeah. like for something like the the, the low high high performance house like mm. well that one um like i said it was there was another gc that built that um so i'm not quite sure what it ended up costing yeah because you know, we could as architects that end up handing the drawings off we just don't get right. to yeah. that info um but when we design build stuff you know the stuff that we're building and we're seeing cost on um 
I'm seeing baseline 350 a square foot. 350. Yeah. Baseline. Now, baseline you know, with this inflation. Like special one. Yeah. 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 So, like, if you want a high performance house, you know, you got to start thinking about 400, um, which is crazy. So you gotta you gotta think about it as like a long term thing, mm -hmm. you know, because it's you're you're gonna yeah it's gonna it's gonna cost a lot to build it, but then once you're there, you're gonna be super comfortable. That's like the number one thing, you know. You can like in dead of winter you can hang out in your underwear in your house and just be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, With because very little energy cost. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you know, ten dollar bills. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's tough. It it really is tough right now. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does, obviously. Yeah. But like, we're we're all kind of bracing, you know yeah. what I mean? Because like the costs are just getting out of control right now. Um, and but we're you know people are still building, people are still pursuing projects. Yeah. yeah. What did you say? Like the uh, was it something about the Marines where you're saying that like you know you uh, oh you improvise, adapt, and overcome? Right. Yeah. 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 That's what that's what Danny Crawford said. I, you know, it's like. You've been doing this so long, and you've had to have so many like fire drills, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And like, do you get better at it? Do you? And and she essentially said like, almost every single time that you have something that goes really wrong, you give it twenty four hours and it fixes itself. Yeah. Or something comes up, you know. Yeah. It's that ability to be like, okay, it feels like the sky is falling right now, but tomorrow I think it'll probably still be up there. <laughs> uh, but just remember and believe, and yeah. That's true. That there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I can't tell you how many times you know. You, you, I mean, my inbox. You know, you have your 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 email inbox, and I've got like fifty unanswered emails that I've got to get back to. Yeah. But like, it seems to be like some of those just fall off just because they kind of resolve themselves. Right. So while they were a fire once upon a time, because I clearly needed to get back to it, it just resolves itself. So now it's you know I can just take that star off. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but those just, that just weighs down on you, doesn't it? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, this is really good. It's really fun. Yeah, nice yeah. Meeting. Thank you for, you know, again, having me on your podcast. Yeah, definitely. Hi, I'm Eli. This show is made by my mom and dad and these people. Heidi Mendoza. Aaron Best. Kyle Brunner. Emily Child. Trevor Notzko. Zach Huff. Rob Cleary. All right, let's get a coffee. See ya. This is Sarah Hubbard, host of You and Me Kid, a podcast about starting and raising a family on your own. We just launched season two, and I'm speaking with single moms, those still considering, and experts in relevant fields to give you a real sense of what the day-to-day -day experience of solo parenting looks and feels like. Plus, this season, I've partnered with California Cryobank, the number one sperm bank in the U.S. So wherever you are in the process, this podcast provides some support, humor, and helpful information. Listen to You and Me Kid wherever you get your podcasts.